0: I gotta say, something peeves me a little bit. All right. It's not a big deal, but maybe in a Larry David kind of way. It's a little annoying when people use the royal we on social
1: media. You know what I'm talking about? The royal we? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, you have to clarify what you're talking about now.
0: All right, have you ever seen a post where somebody is like, "What are your opinions on such and such movie?" Right, and people will come in. Oh, I saw it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm thinking of going next week. And then somebody inevitably pops in and says, "We saw it last night." Who is we? You're one person. Are you trying to brag that you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Like, what do you, you know? Are you just that? You you think that highly of yourself, that you have to talk in a a plural form. (laughs) We.
1: Who is we? They're probably talking about whoever they saw it with.
0: Right, but there's no context. It's not like they said my friend James and I saw it last night. It's just we, as if we all should know who the hell
1: we is. I think it's, you know, we should all assume that they didn't see it alone. Because they said we. Right, so why... Why go out of their way to
0: tell us that? It's not just about movies either. I see this with a lot of different things. We tried that restaurant last week. We did this. Oh, we did this. We enjoyed the Bahamas when we went. Who is we? Why can't you just say I? Why can't you say I?
1: Because then that would be a a, a selfish statement because you're only thinking about yourself and not who you enjoyed it with. I Mm.
0: think that when you say we, you're trying to make people... Think that you're some kind of social star, or you've got all this company, or you know you're not a loner. Like oh, you're bragging. Like it's like a status symbol. That's that's how I some, sometimes interpret, especially when you're the only one who's got to come in with the we in there. Your name I'm, on Facebook isn't Jessica and James Jones. It's just Jessica Jones. Like it's I. If you're gonna say we, provide some context
1: so I know who we is. I don't. I don't think people think that deeply about it. I think that's just you. Also.
0: When you say we, it's almost as if you're trying to infer some kind of authority that's not there because everybody else is just speaking on behalf of one person. And here you come saying now there are multiple people with this opinion. So if 10 people said they liked this movie and then you come in and say, well, we hated it. How many people are in the weed? Did you go with a group of 20 people and now you're one, you're one comment of the we outnumbers all the individuals that preceded it? I'm throwing a flag on that one.
1: Yeah, you've been watching too much Larry David and uh, Seinfeld. Hey, it's maybe it's a New Yorker's
0: mentality. I can relate to that kind of thing because yeah. I see something like this and I'm like, come on, come on now. And it doesn't bother me too much, but like I said, it's a little annoying. Mm-hmm. Let's cut it out. I'm taking the stand. Let's let's create a hashtag No Royal We. Mm. How about that? <laughs>
1: I don't think we would all agree on that. <laughs>
0: this is the best podcast ever, and we've all listened to it, and we all love it. We heard it last night. We subscribed to iTunes last week.
1: Yes, we it's did. what we're
0: all doing. It's what we're doing. Absolutely. I'm going to do the rest of the show, by the way, speaking in the royal weeds, so you see how annoying it is.
1: That's fine with me. That's fine with us. <laughs> you we're know, you Mike Scala. Ah, and I'm Jalon Carter actually yeah. I, I know some guys from the from the UK um, and they use the term they use like um, I guess you would say the royal hour um, the royal hour <laughs> they say like you know instead of like you know come over come over to my place or, or something like that they'll say oh yeah come over to hours later night
0: okay but is that place occupied by more than one person or is just one person sometimes that? it's one person. Really? They yeah. live by themselves completely. It's not like that person who they live with just isn't a home at the time. Right. It's their place. It's it's a solo single bachelor pad or whatever. Yeah. Come over to our place. I might yeah. we uh, correction, we might start doing that too.
1: Yeah, I I can't do it. It's 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 odd. It's odd to me.
0: Is that is that meant to be some kind of form of inclusiveness? Like it's not just his place. It's also your
1: place. It's welcome to everybody. I have no idea, no clue, no clue. Anyway, let's yeah, uh the royal we the royal we. Yeah, that had to be clarified because <laughs> that that could be taken so many different ways. Really? But yeah.
0: We're not aware of other uses.
1: <laughs> we won't get into that. So, yeah, it's been a. a interesting week all around Um, just a a side note I think at the at the recording of this podcast uh, Bannon just got out of uh, his interview with Mueller okay so um, take that for what you will I think certainly will yeah I think Bannon and everyone should know that Trump would roll over on everyone if, you know, in in order to self-preserve. In a heartbeat. And I think everyone going into those meetings with Mueller need to keep that in mind. <laughs> just just you putting have been that warned. out there. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. The only one I think he would not give up might be his daughter. Everyone else? Yeah, you're... Yeah. And he might give up his daughter, but I, I'm just saying.
0: His daughter, a.k.a. the future president. No, no, no. No, no, no. We
1: can't have that. That was a the
0: thing. They struck an agreement. Uh, I don't know what makes them the authority on this, but they decided that she would be a future
1: president. Right. I saw that when uh, probably about a week or two ago. It was in the some kind of um, information came out.
0: Of, I think it was part of the book that just came out.
1: Right. That's right. The Fire and Fury. Right. Um, right that, yeah, they were going to try to put her in as the first female president. And, you know, the, th- the scary thing is it's a real possibility because the people that support Trump would definitely vote for her. Except
0: for the fact that his approval
1: rating is so low
0: right now, and I know presidents have been reelected after having a low approval after their first year, but his is historically the lowest. We're talking under 40% right now. Yeah, it's in the, no it's one in the has low ever 30s. Been re- re-elected with an approval rating that low coming out of their first year but no one like Trump was ever elected in the first place so you know i guess all bets are off at this point we yeah. guess all bets are off
1: yeah so it's it's you know i wouldn't put it past it happening you know hopefully well,
0: not Martin Luther King Day was this past week and apparently the president broke tradition by not performing community service instead he was out golfing right on the holiday right so that was noteworthy this week we also had a discussion about some people maybe losing sight of what martin luther king day is supposed to be about everyone wants to celebrate dr king's legacy and he's universally accepted and beloved i shouldn't say universally because there was some nasty stories i saw uh where some people still uh were not in support of him, but basically everybody uh, celebrates Dr. King at this point in time. But during his time, that wasn't the case. He was seen as a radical and an extremist, and there was a lot of attempts to uh, undermine him.
1: Yeah, Um, there were death threats. There there were attacks on him, even the marches that they had. Yeah, that's
0: right. So... I think we need to keep that in mind, to keep in mind the fact that a lot of what some people might consider radical activism today might be looked upon differently by history. Right. And maybe people should adjust how we're looking at some of these protests and some of this activism today. It doesn't mean that it's a pass to do whatever you want in the name of activism. No. But uh, I think that historical context should be kept in mind. Well, I think think...
1: (laughs) – I think what what should be done what should be done to, to rectify that, you know the possibility of uh, it being um, looked upon differently in the future is instead of focusing on the activists themselves when you're when you're looking at the action, is to focus on the reason why they're performing the action. So if you mull that over in your head and you you take a um, a, a look from the outside at it. And really understand it, then you can decide to support it or not. Instead of just looking hmm. at instead of just looking at the activists themselves and making judgments based on that person, look at why mm-hmm. they're doing it. You know. So, but well, what we like to say is that
0: if people, especially if a significant portion of the population perceives there to be a problem then there is a problem. And it's not just a problem for that segment of the population. It's a problem for all of us. And that shouldn't be just uh, discarded as, well, that's just their issue or it's, they're, they're saying it's an issue, but it's really not, or they're wrong. No, if a large portion of the population feels a certain way and feels that their rights are being jeopardized or that they're being treated unfairly, that's something we all need to pay attention to and, and take seriously.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and... I'm just gonna throw side eye at um, a bunch of the people that are out there especially on social media and, and politicians in the news that are um, praising Martin Luther King's legacy and they're they're you know talking talking him up and talking good about him on social media and in, in the media uh, but at the same time are demonizing people like Colin Kaepernick um, So you know your hypocrisy is showing. And um, EAD, i D. I'll leave it at and that. And that also
0: brings <laughs>
1: that might need further explanation.
0: Yeah, we we'll just <laughs> that leave also. It at that. <laughs> that's the royal we. We just leave it at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that also makes me think. Um, I see. This this is tough to do. This makes us think about the. This is why maybe we can't be married. And I mean, we as in me. <laughs> uh, I, I, I maybe I'm too selfish because I, I I have a hard time thinking of myself as more than one person, <laughs> but mm. but we uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stick to it though I'm gonna try uh, we're see uh, even uh, it's, this this is tough we are going to try to stick to this, um, and it's throwing everything off it's 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 disturbing the equilibrium of the entire show but this is reminiscent of people bringing up the First Amendment. And it drives us crazy as lawyers because the First Amendment and most of the Bill of Rights, most of the Constitution is about protecting citizens from government action. It's not about private actors. So when people say things like, well, uh, I've got a First Amendment right uh, to say this, uh, and and use that to imply that you shouldn't disagree or you shouldn't uh, castigate them for holding an opinion. That's not what the First Amendment means. The First Amendment means that the government can't punish someone for an opinion. But if someone like Colin Kaepernick, for example, wants to protest, he has a right to do it. At the same time, NFL teams, sponsors, viewers have a right to... Uh, their own opinion, and if if it's at odds, and if they want to say, we're going to boycott, or we're not going to hire you, or, you know, whatever, that's all within uh, people's rights. And they say the cure for bad speech is more speech. And it's kind of you know, like a market forces thing where eventually, uh, in theory, the truth will win out. And, you know, I guess in the case of that, Do- we guess in the case of Dr. King, that happened. And maybe it'll happen this time too. But I think we all should have conversations and disagree with each other where appropriate, where we feel is necessary, and,
1: and you know, let the discourse occur. Right. Yeah, it, it, it definitely needs to happen. It definitely needs to happen. So, again, side eye to all you people, though. Yeah. But that's another thing that just peeves us, uh,
0: the thing about—you'll <laughs> <laughs> take, you know, like a conservative or a liberal—you know, say some talk show, some political pundit or, or you know— Someone's saying something and people will protest a controversial statement and then their defenders will come back and say, I thought we had free speech in this country. What happened to free speech? Right. Uh, free speech means you're allowed to disagree, in, in fact, uh, it encourages dissent. That's really the point of it. So if someone says something that's controversial and other people find it controversial and call it out as such, that's very much part of what free speech entails. Free speech doesn't mean you can say something and then no one has any response to it and you're just allowed to walk around saying some douchebag thing.
1: <laughs> right. Well, that, you know, if you've got it, they've got it as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, definitely. And we
0: apologize for the harsh language.
1: I didn't use any harsh. The best language.
0: podcast ever. No, I I said D bag. I don't know. We we don't know if that's considered uh, inappropriate. I, who knows these days? But but when the president uses words that he's using, uh, you know, I, I who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, the news had to use a word you know that um, they don't usually use. Um, I even saw that was it, pretty funny. In the U.K. that um, it was big news that um, their, their news um, repeated that word. And it was like, the it was big news that the news used that word.
0: Yeah, we saw on CNN, Chris Cuomo made a point to say, I'm going to keep repeating that word because it's the word of the president. And he was trying to drive home the point that, no, our president actually used this term, really normalizing it, You know, setting the tone for the national dialogue. He made this a newsworthy word he made it something that we all are saying so the one thing, uh, the one thing yeah, he actually wrote it on a, a chalkboard or a whiteboard and said you know our president is colon <laughs> shithole
1: yeah and and i do have I, there is one thing that does stick yeah, you know, just like stick in my side about about this whole situation um so you know it came out Yeah, you know, the president called Haiti and the countries in Africa you know what he said and everyone you know on Twitter it started trending uh Trump is a racist and all the pundits and politicians are talking about well pundits mostly are talking about Trump being a racist and like um there was a I think it was a New York Times article that it says it's it's time to call Trump a racist um and all this and that <laughs>
0: It's time,
1: right? And and what really sticks sticks in my side about this whole about that whole thing is that now you want to call him a racist. This is off of a statement that there's no recording of. There's only you know the word of I guess the there was a senator there were senators in there, um, but we've had for the Dick Durbin I think yeah Dick Durbin yeah. We've had for the past two years recorded and videoed statements of the president saying racist things. We have actual evidence that can't be debated. But now you want to say he's a racist, for something that, yeah, but there's no recording of, like we had, his first words coming out of his mouth to launch his campaign, were along the same lines. And but but only now we want to say, oh, Wolf Blitzer had a list of all of the
0: racially insensitive things that he said beginning at the start of the campaign. Then some took it even further before that with, uh, you know, whether it's litigation over discrimination or right. the you know Central Park case that happened years ago. Right. But
1: the birther movement, I think.
0: Right. Well, yeah. Right. I think many people see this as an opportunity because it's almost a straw that broke the camel's back amongst even people who were kind of supporting him before or weren't necessarily opponents of his. And I think a lot of them said, this went too far. And so for people who were uh, saying this from the start, that he is not a racially sensitive person and this is a problem, Uh, This was an opportunity for them to get others on board and say, now are you with us? You know, I don't think it necessarily represented uh, a lot of people in that camp's first inclination to think of him as a racist person or someone who would say racist things. I think that was just their way of getting others on that train.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, we don't even have proof that it's said like we've got. You know Dick Durbin's word for it, and I think maybe there were other co- a couple other people that said he did say it, and then there's the Republicans that were in the room that say no, they did, he didn't say it, or they don't remember him saying it. But well, um, did somebody but the say other ones we that do, we have a recording. Right,
0: they're they're on record. Did someone say that Trump said he said shit house, not shit hole?
1: Uh, I don't know. I hadn't heard that one
0: because I saw somebody say like basically they they were like as far as defenses go that's on the level of I shot the sheriff but I did not shoot the deputy <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so that that's the only thing that that sticks to me like the outrage is coming off of something that um you know there is there there's just kind of um the word of of the senator off of it but we've been we've got recorded proof over the years that he he is this way and there was you know this huge burst well, of outrage hasn't happened I,
0: we do think it's worth pointing out that this is something he said while being the president and there were many who even voted for him who saw him as a bombastic candidate and said yeah he's saying all these wild and wacky things now that maybe Or insensitive or going a little bit too far, but he's doing what he needs to do as a candidate to get in the news and cause attention and get people riled up. Right. But he'll be more presidential once he gets into office. You know, come on, come on. And actually, that turned out not to be the case. He's every bit of himself as he was, which is why his core base may still be there, but... A lot of people beyond that. In fact, I don't think anyone beyond that is still with him. And so, I think there were a lot of people who were turned turned off by his behavior after winning the election, who thought he would become more of a presidential figure, and it didn't happen. Well, they were they were not very bright. Well, maybe they were overly optimistic.
1: Okay, that's the new definition. We of saw comments. Very
0: <laughs> really, we saw comments uh, saying. It was certainly time for a change, basically, that they didn't regret their vote. Right. You know, it, it was time for a change. Uh, you know, we ha- we had a vote for Trump, but we don't agree with what he's doing now. That's what I saw, we saw people saying.
1: Yeah, and, and sure. And I think we, we discussed that before. Like, we could see, I, I could see that there was, um, I mean, I could see the appeal of an outsider running. But- yeah, every every time he opened his mouth should have been a reason to disqualify him from, from being in the race. Um, and it was, whether it was racial sta- statements, bigoted statements, ignorant statements, flat out lies. Like there's a counter of like, I think he reached his 2000th lie while in office um, last week. <laughs> and there's a, there, is, there is someone actually tracking this. Is there a this. website? No, there's a newspaper actually tracking this. And, like, there's so much that should have just disqualified him a long time ago. I, I completely get the outsider wanting an outsider. Uh, I completely get... Well,
0: the phones are ringing off the hook about this topic as we speak.
1: Yeah, I completely get wanting an outsider in, you know, that was the appeal of Bernie. That was the appeal of, of Trump, because it wasn't yet another Clinton. It wasn't another Bush Bush. I completely get that. When
0: <laughs> now we're talking about another Trump, brace yourself.
1: Right. And so I completely get that. But yeah, the statements should have in a in a in a decent society, um a society that that values decency, that he should have been disqualified a long time ago.
0: Does our society value decency? That in itself is a worthy question, and that reminds me of the Me Too movement. I think we're struggling yes. as a society to define these things, uh, what are the bounds uh, legally, socially, culturally, uh, all across the board. And I found, I keep doing it, we keep doing it, we found uh-huh. that story <laughs> fascinating that popped up. Uh, is it An- a- Aziz Ansari, is that how you say the name? Aziz An- Ansari, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah Ansari. Uh, he, he was in the Otis video with Kanye and Jay-Z. Um, also a show on Netflix called Master of None which we saw I haven't seen it no well well we certainly have <laughs> yeah I'm you see how it pretentious it comes across it, it, <laughs> if you, yeah you, I you put it. up a poster yeah you put up a post what you know what do you guys think about master of none and I come I come in there with my uh, you know arms on my hips we already saw it <laughs> You <know? laughs>
1: yeah like he, he's a very successful comedian he's been in a lot of things um, and uh, I th- I think he was even an SNL cast member at one point. I'm not sure. Really? I'm I'm not sure. He was he was something. He was somewhere. Um, I'd have to look that up. Well, but yeah, he's a very the show on
0: Netflix is somewhat reminiscent of the story in that he depicts dating as basically you meet someone for the first time and you start making out with them and having sex with them shortly after as like a first date norm. Right. And watch you know just watching the show it was striking because it made us wonder if that was something that just always happened. It just it, it seemed more normal or common than we would have expected it to be in real
1: life. Right. Um
0: but hey, what you know, what do we know?
1: Right. Um, yeah. Oh, no, he wasn't, it wasn't SNL. He was on Parks and Rec. Right, 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 right. Uh, Um, well, yeah, I think there's, it's, this story particularly has caused, um, some interest on, on both sides. So the Me Too movement and not necessarily, even before the Me Too movement, there's been, I guess that might have been what started it, um, Every week it seems like someone in Hollywood is being outed for or being accused of sexual assault or sexual uh, inappropriation.
0: Hollywood and or Washington.
1: Right, Hollywood and or Washington. But I think mainly it's been Hollywood. It's just everybody's getting the finger pointed at them. Um, Keep your fingers to yourself. Um, And so the difference with this one is the account that the, the girl told of what happened between her and uh, Aziz has people split. Uh, there was a, an article in the New York Times uh, and it was written by a woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the author is uh, Bari Wise um, and the title of it was Aziz Ansari is guilty of not being a mind reader. We saw that. Right. And so, you know, then on the other side, people are saying, always believe the woman.
0: The customer is always right.
1: Ah, would you consider her a customer in this case? <laughs> I don't know if that's a little insulting. Um, so basically what happened was they, they went out on a date. They had met previously. They went out on a date and, um, you know, they had dinner. They went back to his place. And, uh, you know, they had sex. So she's saying that um, she felt very uncomfortable. And I guess it's, you know, that it was assault. Because she told, she gave him a lot of nonverbal cues that she was uncomfortable with what was happening. Right. So it seemed like she reluctantly
0: went through with it, even though while being there she wasn't very comfortable maybe she wasn't so sure that that's what she wanted to do uh so in the moment perhaps it was consensual but then it was regrettable and it felt almost man- manipulative or like she was being taken advantage of after the fact
1: right right and in, and even in the the article she would you know she um stated uh, after arriving at his apartment in Manhattan they exchanged they talked they drank some wine and in her account she says that she says this it was white she said I didn't get to choose and I prefer red but it was white wine so you know people are also picking that apart like this is not you know this is not assault you know you were just it was just a bad date that or a date that you didn't like you know and so they're having sex. She says she tried to, she gave him nonverbal cues during sex, but she never said anything. When she did finally say no, because he, he suggested that they have sex in front of a mirror or, or something like that in a bathroom, and she said no, um, upon her first time saying no, um, Aziz suggested, it was his suggestion. He's like, okay, well, how about we just chill, but this time with our clothes on? So soon so when he verbally heard her say no he immediately backed off and shut it down um and right. she said that the the next day she sent him a text saying that she felt uncomfortable um and he responded back he's like uh, I, I really apologize I must have must have re- misread the situation. I'm truly sorry. Clearly, I misread things in the moment and I'm truly sorry is what is what he said. So, yeah, people are so split. I think
0: a lot of people can relate to this kind of thing, because like you said, this is a bad date and all of us have had bad dates, but it kind of tests the limit of the Me Too movement. and right. what It is. Harassment. What is sexual misconduct, and what is just something that it wasn't a great night out? Right.
1: Yeah. And yeah, she could have regretted having sex with him. Maybe it was bad. Maybe she just felt the whole situation wasn't good, and she regretted having sex with him. But yeah, where do where do you make that separation from what's just a bad date? Um, and this the the words bad date are. The words that the New York Times writer used. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, oh no, she said, the, the New York Times writer said bad sex. She said yeah. that the quote, there's a useful term for what this woman experienced on her night with Mr. Ansari. It's called bad sex. It sucks. <laughs> um, Sometimes it does. Yeah. Well, but,
0: but, it's important though that we draw the difference between What's legally inappropriate and what's morally or socially inappropriate? Because there is a difference. We right. might say this is not rape or sexual assault, or you know, maybe legally you no know, charges could be brought against him. He might not be found liable of anything. I think most people would agree with that much. But maybe it gets more controversial when we start talking about was the behavior appropriate just as a man or as a woman, was her behavior appropriate? You know what I mean? Not so much about who can be in trouble with the law, but how should we be behaving as human beings? (laughs) It's a matter of decency. Right.
1: And I didn't, um, from the readings, from the accounts, and I'm not saying that there wasn't anything appropriate. I'm just saying from the accounts that I read, it just seemed like it was, you know, a common date, and maybe she felt guilty or she felt regret afterwards that that that, that would happen.
0: Mm. Now, um, some are saying that this can undermine the entire movement because it starts to become almost like a satire, you, right. you know, or becomes a parody of itself, and you start, you know, basically crying wolf.
1: It's it's to the point where it just it's, it, it loses credibility. And that, and that hurts people who are actually, um, who have more, uh, who have stories that have more concrete examples of inappropriate behavior or, um, right. you know, sexual misconduct. So yeah, that can be a, that can be an issue. And I think that also goes to the point of, I've seen a lot of comments of people saying, you know, always believe the woman. Like should that always be the case well this also makes me think about
0: how people are found to be guilty in the court of public opinion and even if there is a trial or some legal proceeding uh, they're doomed even before you get to that point because once one newspaper article or an account comes out in the media where someone is alleged of something people right. automatically believe that the person alleged did the wrong thing that's right. an inherent problem I don't know how we don't know how that can be combated per se but well, it does happen
1: no it happens, and it happens a lot I mean um, Kobe Bryant was uh, accused of rape was that many many years ago um, and to this day there are people who still believe that he's guilty even though he was he was you know found innocent um but it came out in the media that he was accused and so well there it goes he's already convicted in many people's minds uh and this speaks to
0: our cynicism too i think as a society when someone is an alleged such and such there are such and such people just believe that they did it why you know why should we believe in the decency of people or maybe right. people people don't maybe people don't want to believe that false accusations are common because right. a false accusation is something that could happen to anyone and that's not that's a scary proposition i mean right. if you're just going out there living your life and you're doing the right thing and someone falsely accuses you of something terrible and your whole life is ruined because like you don't want to even Uh, think about consider that that could happen so when an accusation is made you want to believe that the person did the thing because it's almost scarier to believe that the accusation
1: was made up right and and yeah once that accusation is out there it's out there there's there's no there's no pulling it back and it's very tough to fight which is the same you know um just uh, being called a racist uh which was you know a couple podcasts ago was one of my issues Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's and I run I run um, a blog and I'm active on Twitter for um, the site Indie Pundit and I post you know, articles and have discussions and I haven't posted any of the news stories. Of all the news stories I post, I haven't posted any of the news stories of any of these allegations. I've posted about the Me Too movement but I haven't posted about who's been accused of, of what throughout any right. of this because I think I um, This is one of those, these are one of those um, accusations that will follow you, whether it's true or not. And they haven't had their day in court yet. It hasn't been confirmed yet. It's automatically out there. And in the court of public opinion, you're done.
0: There actually is no court case. Sometimes it's just an accusation about behavior, and that follows them around. Maybe right. they won't be sued, maybe they won't go to jail, but maybe it'll affect their ability to get work, or just you know p- how
1: people perceive them in the public. Right, I mean, uh, Kevin Spacey lost his job um, after that ex- accusation came out. Right um, when House
0: of Cards was getting good. No,
1: actually, I didn't like uh, where it was going, but yes, that <laughs> did happen. So I think, to me, to be able to combat stuff like that, um, I think And I've always found it kind of odd that people are able to report on the allegations before people get to court. Um, Not just in this case, but in any case, like, oh, this person is accused of of murder. Mm -hmm. And now it's all over the the news, they're accused of murder. Well, they haven't been in court yet. Yeah, good
0: luck finding a jury that hasn't heard about these accusations and hasn't read up
1: on it. Right. And so some part of it to me thinks that, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to report on these things until the end of the court case when there's an actual verdict. Because this is a debate that we've presented
0: and most people seem to acknowledge that there is a bit of a problem and the system is not perfect, but would prefer to keep it. The way it is where as long as the media uses the word alleged and protects themselves in that way uh, it's really up to the people to draw their own conclusion obviously yeah. it just seems like the conclusion everyone <laughs> draws is guilty automatically <laughs> yeah
1: alleged doesn't do it doesn't really do anything yeah. especially in cases like this it doesn't do anything cases of sexual misconduct misconduct it doesn't do anything cases like you know, murder. Well, that's why in somebody's why it was, eyes, it's all, you're always going to be the guy that did that.
0: Yeah, although I'll say that's why it was a little bit refreshing to see people defending uh, this individual uh, Aziz because mm-hmm. usually that doesn't happen in a case. Usually, it's usually right. it's just you read the headline and then that's it. The person is done for life based on a headline.
1: Right, especially yeah. right now when all of these things are coming to light.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that's yeah that's that's kind of tough like i said people are split split on this one you know i haven't heard anything that he's said in response or if he said anything i haven't read anything
0: that's tough it's really a tough thing to deal with as a society it is it is um, and we talk about the importance of having these conversations, like earlier I was saying, you know, the First Amendment means we all should get to speak and all of the voices should be heard and we shouldn't be silencing people, so we shouldn't be trying to discourage people from coming forward with, sure, with no. whatever they feel like they need to co- come forward with. But at the same time, we need to understand that words do carry a lot of power and a lot of weight. And right. so on the one hand, while we're encouraging more words being thrown around and more dialogue happening, we also have to be mindful of the fact that any word we... Throw out there uh, could be very damaging. We need to be careful before we speak as well.
1: Right, and I think I think women need to come forward um, in cases where things have happened. Uh, men too. I mean, it was um, Terry Crews came forward when you know against that Hollywood um, producer who he said tried to sexually assault him. Um, mm. And no, I think the stories absolutely need to need to be told um, or dealt with in the moment if it's possible. Um, so that's... that's. I hope no one is making the um, the mistake of thinking that we're trying to say that that shouldn't be the case because that should absolutely be the case. People should come forward with their stories so they can pre- prevent it happening to other people in the future as well.
0: Right. But people should think before yes. they make an accusation right. public, especially if uh, you know someone's career is on the line and maybe they shouldn't be losing their livelihood over something that, as was described, what was just a bad date.
1: Right, or or misunderstanding um, and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, so, I, I, I think. But perhaps the good
0: to come out of this would be that we, we all actually are digesting all of this, and we are kind of refining uh what we're going to consider acceptable and not and what the boundary is and so in that sense it is a good conversation to have hopefully it doesn't do too much collateral damage to this man's career because uh, it does help us uh you know to proceed with this whole movement and and this whole evolution of our society
1: right and accusations like this especially make the the waters a little bit murkier when the person is a celebrity um because there are but
0: that's the only thing that makes it newsworthy
1: but it's also extenuating f- factors because for years mm-hmm. um, celebrities get these type of accusations and they quietly uh, they quietly settle with a large lump sum to, to the people so it never hits the news and so mm-hmm. yeah this kind of thing can make it like okay what's, what's the motivation behind making this accusation can, can be questionable
0: right right well somebody said that really the only reason this was a story was because this particular comedian was known for being a feminist and part of that movement so for his own behavior to be called into question mm. was the story
1: right yeah
0: and that same kind of happened I think with Al Franken and mm. certainly not excusing uh, whatever behavior uh he did but He was also known as someone who, in the Senate, was supportive of women's rights and was known for being a feminist, and his own personal behavior was then called into question. Right, right. You know, and then we have to ask ourselves, to what extent are we willing to differentiate between the work someone has done, what they've said in public, uh, you know, how they represent themselves, and what they might have done privately, which could have affected someone adversely.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And in the midst of all this, we have a man occupying the White House who has multiple accusations against him, Um, not only by adults, but um, suggesting inappropriate behavior with minors as well.
0: Well, there's a story that's going around about an affair... Uh, I didn't read too much about it but I I see articles popping up yes 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 but that's not even like the top story we're talking about that's crazy when you think about that like you know we had a whole impeachment proceedings over whether Bill Clinton lied about having an affair that was the biggest news in the country but with Trump it's like buried in the middle of the newspaper it's not even the front page news
1: it's just Tuesday (laughs) it's just Tuesday it's no big deal yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and even by his own admission, um, he used to purposely walk into the dressing room um, at the beauty awards, the, the award ceremonies that he used to run. Um, what are those, the, the pageants? to, yeah. to Miss to, America. To kind of get a sneak peek at, at some of the girls changing.
0: It's a weird time that we live in. It's a it's very a weird f- time.
1: Very weird time. We disapprove of such behavior. <laughs> All right. Allegedly. So, <laughs>
0: trying to tie all of this stuff together here. Well, I did want to, I see, I, we wanted to bring up the missing adults law, because there was a case very recently in Far Rockaway where a young man, 35 years old, was missing. But many people may not realize this. In New York State, at least, the police were not required to search or do anything when an adult went missing. There was a law for missing children and for Mm. what they called vulnerable adults with cognitive disabilities. But Mm. in general, if an adult went missing, the view of the state was, it's an adult. Uh, Maybe they took a vacation, maybe they just left, uh, and adults can do what they want to do. The police were able to choose whether to get involved, but oftentimes they weren't, even in cases where they really should have been. They just basically decided the law, saying we don't have to, and threw their hands up. Well, uh, when I was, when we were working in the Senate uh, in New York State, we were able to get a law passed called the Missing Adults Law. Now, this was a bill that was on the table for many years. Dr. Anita Fowler originally proposed it when her son, uh, unfortunately, was missing and ended up dead, and the police didn't act upon it uh, in a timely manner. And so she long wanted to get this made into law. Well, before arriving in Albany to work as a legislative director in the Senate, this bill had passed both houses, the Assembly and the State Senate, but was vetoed by Governor Cuomo over technical concerns with the language. And the basic way this worked was the bill referred to the federal NCIC database for missing persons. It said that police had to file a report with this federal... What's the NCIC? Um, so, oh, I believe it's for the National... I don't want to get it wrong. It might be the National Crime Information Center, um, but it's a database that's used for uh, missing persons cases. So, Yeah.
1: National Crime um, Information Center.
0: Yeah, I got it right? Okay. So, yeah. so the bill referred to this federal database and said that the police should file a report uh, with this database, but the governor vetoed it originally because... He said basically it was written too broadly, and and there would be some circumstances where police would be required to enter a record into the database that the database wouldn't allow. So he said basically you want to change the federal law to handle this. But I came back and said let's see how we can tackle this at the state level. And basically the suggestion was let's just rewrite the state law, the, the bill, to mirror the parameters of the federal database. So there are certain circumstances in the database that allow records to be entered, um, and there's a whole list of them uh, after a catastrophe, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a whole a, whole list of factors, but there's also a catch-all factor at the end that says if there's reasonable suspicion for their safety. So, well, that's, that, like you know, perfect that's, one. Th- th- yeah, so, and so basically, it, it almost renders the other ones somewhat redundant, but... What was done was the the bill was just rewritten to include all of those factors that that database will allow as triggers for when reports should be filed. And, of course, it has that catch-all reasonable suspicion language in there. Right. And so now the governor couldn't say it doesn't comply with the database. It takes the language exactly from the database. I thought it was a perfect solution. There was still doubt about whether the governor would sign it, but we went forward with it. And, uh, of course, it was a whole battle. We had to get it through committees and, you know, the Republicans controlled the Senate. So we had to plead with them to, <laughs> to move on the bill they really didn't have to it's it's their discretion what bills they move they usually move their own bills but we made the emotional plea dr fowler whose son as i mentioned uh, uh fortunately was missing and and passed away you know she made the trip to albany to plead to get this bill through committee and get it moved and we got it moved it had passed the previous year so that made it easier to again get it passed we explained what we did with the language and then it was a matter of contacting the governor's office explaining what we've done and uh, trying to get the governor to put his signature to it we did get the public advocate letitia james uh, was public advocate of new york city but she wrote a letter to the governor uh, pleading with him saying, you know, please sign it. I think that the uh, the drafters of the legislation uh, did a good job addressing the concerns you had last year. And ultimately, it was signed. So right. now it's a state law in New York State when an right. adult goes missing under certain circumstances. And again, the main one being there's reasonable suspicion for their safety. Uh, the police must investigate. And uh, this past week, that actually... Uh, happened, where someone in Far Rockaway, in Senator Sanders' uh, district, and I was working, you know, Senator Sanders was the sponsor of the bill, I was working in his legislative office, uh, someone went missing, and the, the police were contacted, and they acted on it right away, and the person was found and found to be safe. So it was just an example of the work that we do in public service. We talk about politics and how nasty it gets, but sometimes we need to be reminded of the good that can be accomplished when you devote yourself to this life.
1: Right. And my question is, did he want to be found?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes. I don't have all the circumstances surrounding it, um, but but, but yes, it wasn't – there was a good reason to look for him, and and he he was happy to be reunited with his family.
1: Okay. Well, that's great. Happy ending all around.
0: But that is a valid point because some of the critics would say, well, what if you have like a domestic violence type situation where – Yes someone wants to leave their home uh, you know should the cops be coming after them and bringing them home but it's important to note that if it's a wife running away and the police find her and the wife says I ran away for a reason Uh, this person is being abusive to me (laughs) the cop is going to put her in handcuffs and bring her back to the abusive husband you
1: know Right. unless it's unless the husband was a, a cop oh well those are
0: all different issues.
1: Yeah, but that's that's you know that's good because sometimes you know adults do leave for specific reasons, especially in cases of abuse, um, various types of abuse. So right,
0: but that's but good. also don't He's, forget, an adult doesn't have to be someone in their forties or even thirties. I mean, you could have someone yeah. who's twenty one, you know, still living with their parents who disappears. Uh, you know this happens often, and oftentimes the police just would refuse to get involved. This requires them to get involved if there's reasonable suspicion.
1: But I don't know. I don't necessarily like the term "reasonable suspicion," but um, according well, again, to the movies, that, that and term TV, comes
0: straight from the federal database.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty broad and broadly used in other other situations. Mm. Um,
0: but it, but also it needs to be somewhat. Broad. I mean, you don't want to make your legislation so specific that it only applies in very narrow circumstances. You do want there to be some level of discretion. And, and, of course, that's a double-edged sword because, you know, who has the discretion and can it be misused? But, you know, you don't want it to be too specific where you're handcuffing yourself to only a very narrow set of scenarios. You want it to be able to be more durable and, you know, to be able yeah. to be used as a tool.
1: Right and and, and you're you know, hoping you, I,
0: like I don't want to have to be able to say uh, the law in New York State is uh, missing adults will, will will be looked after if A B C D E F or G are met I want it to be no if we're concerned and there's good reason to be concerned then we'll find that person or try to
1: right and we're counting on the the integrity that's been invested in the uh, the integrity of the um, investigators. Right the next situation. So, but also
0: yeah. then it provides a legal tool because if there was reasonable suspicion, but let's say you know the investigators, the authorities uh, were were grossly or outrageously wrong in in their judgment call. Well, then you have the law on your side. The law says no, there was reasonable suspicion. You didn't do your job. You know you were legally required. You had a legal obligation to, it and you failed to do it. Right.
1: Well, it sounds like this law is um, complying with the law that we all assumed was already on the books if uh, you watch TV and the news where, you know, the police can't look for anybody until they've been missing for 72 hours. Uh-huh. Which is
0: ridiculous that people think that that's the thing, and and sometimes people say, "Well, I thought it was 24 hours. I thought it was 48 hours. I thought it was <laughs> there was no no such thing, uh, you know. Certainly not. And now certain police departments might have their own internal policies about how they handle a situation like that, but the law was silent, and not even about a timeline, but about the matter entirely. When it came to missing adults, they didn't have to do anything ever. you, Are know? you telling so, two me hours I can't? Later, I can't
1: go into the police, the local police station and say, I want them to find this person and I have to wait 72 hours before they can actually do anything.
0: (laughs) I mean, imagine that that was lying to me. We've got to wait 72 hours. It's only been 70.5. You you know, you want a cup of coffee and some donuts?
1: Television's been lying to me. Is that what you're telling me? (sighs) Fake news. My gosh. I don't know. What else? Oh, my God. I don't know what um, what to believe anymore. So I'm well, sure there'll be some more outrageousness next week.
0: <laughs> As always. Isn't it always fun?
1: No. It's, it's not always some, fun. Sometimes
0: it's, it's sad. It's sad. We got to try to just sad. make the best of what we're given here. Right. But, you know, when driving back and forth... Uh, the, you'll sometimes see a missing adult alert on the highway. Mm. And I guess for many people, that's also a source of sadness. But for me, it's something to be proud of because that was my proudest legislative achievement during the time I spent in Albany. And mm. I'm glad now that this is something that uh, needs to be done. It's not something that's it's a discretionary matter. Because then you had cases where, you know, some people would say that the police would only look for Pretty white girls. you have heard about. I think it's called like the missing white girl syndrome or something like that. Like this actual term that's been coined. Right. Yeah. Um, sure. You know. So this ensures that everyone, minorities, it doesn't matter what they look like, what background they're from, how, you know, affluent their family is, whatever. Everyone
1: is covered under the law, and so I think that's that's a wor- it's a worthy goal. Yeah, it's a worthy goal. I think, they, I think that's a positive note to end on this week. Yes, we agree. <laughs> All right. Well, Don't forget
0: to subscribe on iTunes. So yes. Every week when we come out, you can and rate, catch all the rate.
1: madness. Yeah.
0: Rate you it. Rate it. Give, give, give it a five. Is the five of the highest rating you can give it? Yeah. Give it a five. Give it a five. Definitely. And share. Think, and share. Yes. This was a five-worthy and a share-worthy episode.
1: Yeah. And if you have um, you know, any comments about any of the things that we made today, you can also... Uh, Reach out to us um, on Facebook at the... Using uh, the the hashtag, NoRoyalWe. Oh, best podcast ever? Best podcast ever. Yeah, there's a page on Facebook. Reach out and, uh, you know, make your comments on it. Um, Ask questions about any other topics. That's actually
0: pretty good, too. (laughs) What do the listeners want us to talk about? Right. Let's find
1: out. All right. So this has been the best podcast ever. I'm Jalon Carter. I'm Mike Scala. And we ah, are out. We are Mike Scala. I keep doing that. All right, all right, let's try it again. This has been the best podcast ever. <laughs> <I, Bed> <laughs> best <laughs> podcast ever. And I'm Jalon Carter. And we are Mike Scala.